Hello and welcome to the Monarch Human Performance Podcast. I'm your host, John Sillis. All right, guys, really happy to bring you this week's episode with Dr. Philip Cusick. Philip started out his athletic career in sprint kayak, where he competed from the age of nine until 16, when he transferred to competitive rowing for two years before making a return to sprint kayak. In both these sports, he competed internationally, representing the Serbian national team. To further enhance his understanding of physical performance, Philip completed both his bachelor and master's degree within the Faculty of Sports and Physical Education in Belgrade, Serbia. During his time here, he served as a student assistant in the Department of Biomechanics. In 2014, he was presented the opportunity to work in the Abu Dhabi Police Department as a physical fitness instructor. Over the last seven years, Philip has achieved several milestones, including developing the physical fitness standards for the annual physical fitness assessment of Abu Dhabi Police. Alongside colleagues, he's developed the physical fitness research branch within his testing section. This also includes the development and implementation of eight weight loss courses for police officers. Recently, he developed a training course to provide secondary education to officers who wanted to become physical fitness facilitators and instructors. As well as being a practitioner, Philip has worked extensively to implement research into his department, which included him completing his PhD. This has led him to publishing several research papers on officer performance and body composition, alongside building collaborative links with researchers within Australia, Canada, and the United States. In this episode, Philip talks about what prompted him to focus his research within tactical populations, his current role within Abu Dhabi Police Force, and his research into body composition and its impact upon officer performance. Good afternoon, Phil, and welcome to the podcast. Good afternoon. Thank you, thank you for having me. No problem, Phil. Thank you very much for taking time out of your schedule, mate. I'm really glad to finally sit down with you and chat. I know we've exchanged a few messages uh, back and forth about research over LinkedIn. So it's nice to finally get you on the show and just you know pick your brain a little bit about some of the stuff you've been doing in your career. Yeah, thank you. I'm happy to be here and to talk about it. And then for a year, I was working here as a fitness trainer for Abu Dhabi Police. Mm-hmm. Went back for my vacation, uh, went to my faculty just to see my professors and everybody how, how they are. And then they told me, that our faculty is introducing online uh, PhD program for, for for Serbians mostly. And they asked me if I want to join and be the first student who will do it online. And I said, I mean, why not? I always planned planned on it. Yeah. And then I stopped for a year. So it, it was a good opportunity for me because the only thing I had to be in Serbia was exams. I had to be there for every exam. As everything else, I could follow online because when they had uh, lectures, I just joined by uh, by Skype and I was listening everything with them and I had to listen. It's not like I was online and doing everything at home and just showing up for the exams. I had mm-hmm. to listen all the lectures with, with them and to be present as much as I could. And I enjoyed it. And because I was working in police, that's why I started research in police actually because as i said uh, i like biome- biomechanics and motor control and i thought this will be my future while i was a student uh-huh. but then life life happened i went i ended up here and i mean uh, when i spoke with my mentor about phd he told me like you can do biomechanics if you want but the problem will be you have to be here to do measurements and everything and that's a little bit of a problem because you work in Abu Dhabi and you need to travel here mm-hmm. but if you can collect the data on Abu Dhabi police that's what you can do for your PhD and then I thought about it and started because the, that's what I could do at my work just go with them collect the data analyze them and that's how I started and in the beginning in the beginning my superior officers didn't like it much because I was the first who even tried to do something. So they were not familiar with with the research or what I will do with the data. They thought of uh, data security and uh, not to share with anybody. But as the time passed, we met, we bonded a little bit more and they let me do some something more. I mean, it was it still was basic, but considering research in police that was done, until that time uh, it was something and something that could be published and something that was missing in scientific literature mm-hmm. and that's how i ended up in in re- research in police after that it, everything uh, spread 
spread, I started doing more and more. Uh, I collaborated with Serbian police, US police, Australian police, and that's how you get a lot of data, a lot of information uh, through collaboration. I, I learned a lot uh, because my PhD at my faculty was the first in the history of faculty that was intercontinental because one of the uh, committee members on my PhD thesis was Jay Dawes. And okay. that's why I learned a lot because I, I was in contact with him almost daily. We spoke about it. He was uh, uh, reviewing my, my PhD, giving me feedbacks. And that's why I learned a lot. And through him, I met uh, Rob Orr. And he was very helpful because uh, when you do a paper with them, it's good and funny because the comments that we leave in the paper are, are, are usually brutal. So you have to learn. It's not like they will try to wrap it up. Uh -huh. They tell you directly what's wrong and what usually even what should be done. It's not just this is wrong and that's it. Now this is wrong. I think you should do this because of this, this and this. So, and that's how you learn a lot. And I'm thankful for, to them because it was free, free. I mean, I used my time, but they, they gave me their time and their knowledge for free. And I cannot forget that. Nice, dude. That's awesome. It's great to hear your story of like, you know, coming from being a, an athlete, getting into academia, and then obviously just falling into the, the police and that, doing the research around that sort of thing as well. I just want to pull it back then. So you mentioned about, um, again, going and starting your PhD when you were working out in Abu Dhabi, and there was a little bit of pushback initially from like, you know, some of the higher up uh, superiors. How did you overcome that? You know, so what was the initial pushback and like, how did you slowly, you know, break down those barriers to get, you know, the PhD done and get the research out there? Uh, the initial pushback uh, was mostly in publishing. I, I could collect, nobody stopped me of doing that uh, because we had a BIA machine like in body 720. So there was a lot of data already in because all officers that were coming to the gyms, they were doing it. And we, I think we had it at two locations. So there was plenty of data over there already. And then I said, okay, let's see if we can somehow you use this one. And I did some analysis. I showed them they were not sure whether we should do anything with it because they were not sure if their superior officers will allow it. Mm -hmm. If you see the structure of Abu Dhabi police, uh, my section where I was working was the last in line. So my superior officers, officer was also the last in the line. So until he gets up where, where somebody can take action and give, give some decision, it's a long way. So, and I think they just didn't want to bother because they didn't understand it, which I mean, I understand because they were doing their the job well, everything was working fine. So why hustling about something that you know, nobody asked ask, ask, ask them to do? Yeah. And it, but it was okay. I, I published my first paper and I started talking to them a little bit more. And I don't know, they opened the doors I mean, at least they gave me free hands to do with uh, the testing that, that they already do to take these data and analyze. And that's mostly what they did. And in 2017, uh, I was the one who made physical fitness standards for Abu Dhabi police. So today, whoever needs to pass the test, physical test, and they all have to do it once a year, and they have to pass the standards that I set at that time. And just every year I'm reevaluating it and giving them feedback if they should move it up or down. But yes, I think that's how they started trusting me a little bit more and allow, allowing me to do some, something more. Although still officially I don't have approval to publish the data. I do collect still a lot. I have plenty of data on Abu Dhabi police, but I just don't publish it. I cannot. Mostly what they do is collaborate with Serbian police, uh, Serbian University of Criminal Investigation and Police Studies. Uh, we collect a lot on Serbian police and we, we publish it. That, that's how we do it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Mostly. I mean, some of the data that I can publish for, from here, I do publish. 
but it's still not officially, it's, it's hard to get the approval. Even though I think, yeah, last year they introduced a research branch un under testing section. And this project was developed by my colleague and, and I, we gave it to, to manager of our de department. At that time, he was, I think, uh, colonel. And then uh, with this project, he got promoted into brigadier. And they introduced it in police. Like, OK, we need research branch under testing section. We need somebody who will analyze the data and give us feedback what's happening with our police. And then they put me to, to do this. So this is my job now, to, to analyze everything from annual fitness assessment comes to me and then I analyze it and give them feedback. Nice. And I mean, you, you said at the start there that, you know, you've been in your current role over in Abu Dhabi for the last seven years. What, what's it been like over that seven year time period? You know, how has the job changed and how has it grown and evolved while you've been there? You know, from when you started there initially as a, you say as a fitness instructor, the title was and to where you're at now. Yep. Uh, it changed, I mean, at, from one side it changed a lot from the other, not much, you know, because uh, when we came, uh, it was one big section with trainers only and that's it. But we handled pretty much everything. If some team of Abu Dhabi police wanted to go for a competition, we could train them. They would come to us to train them. And we had some specific coaches, for example, somebody who is from football background, they would even train football team for football matches. And we as a strength and conditioning coaches, we would do strength and conditioning. And then at one point, Abu Dhabi police reorganized our section and they made it as a big department with seven, I think five, five or seven different sections, smaller sections. And then each section had a super, superior officer or, or major. And this is, I mean, this was a good step for Abu Dhabi police, but at in the beginning was a little bit tough because you didn't know who is responsible for what, because everybody wanted to be still responsible for everything. Mm -hmm. And then it was a little bit catchy to know the line of command, but after, one, after a year or two, I mean, it settled down and now it works fine. You know, we have five sections. So if you want to uh, do something with the other section, you need the approval from both sides and it, it works well, but now we have separately uh, competition sections. So they handle uh, all teams and competitions that Abu Dhabi police wants to do and their teams in, dif in different sports. Testing section that handles only testing of physical fitness testing of Abu Dhabi police. Uh, training section, they handle uh, strength and conditioning classes mm -hmm. uh, like CrossFit, fit, some regular fitness, cycling, whatever. I mean, we have many things that, that we can do uh, in, a, in our center. And they do some, we, we developed education under the, my colleague and I, we developed education. So what we do is either update our coaches, at least once a year, we make a two to three day, three day course and we, update them on what's new in the field and they update us. So every course, two, three different coaches would present something because we had some coaches specialized in CrossFit. So if they're the ones doing CrossFit for the whole year, they would come and present to us if there's something new, what they think we should be doing in the future and something like that. So this was for, for the coaches. And we developed one course for police officers, local population, who want to, who are good at sports and if they don't want to work in their department because they don't find themselves fit for there and they want to be coaches, we developed a course for them. It's a two month, pretty intense course every day, three hours lecturing and two hours practical. And after that, they would spend two to three months with our coaches on, in the field to practice, you know. And then after that, they would be some kind of facilitators. Our, our idea was at least if they go back to their department to be the ones who will talk to people and push them to go, to go and do something about their 
their health and and, and fitness because as center uh, Abu Dhabi police is huge I think it's 30,000 employees and mm -hmm. by territory is pretty big and some of the, of the depart departments don't even know that we exist so our idea was also okay let's see to to send a letter to all departments and to be happy if from each department we have at least one guy even if they stay with us for two weeks and say okay this is not for me they will, their department at least will hear for us and we will tell them to send them to here or if they need any help just come here we will help you out write programs or whatever and it, it went well i mean we now today we had a graduation of the second second class of students and first class was about 15 to 20 now we have 40 something like that and they were pretty good so we are happy happy with it and as i said testing section does testing uh, testing and research now with the introduced research branch where i'm the only one i think in, in the section and they improved my position from uh, uh, instructor to sport expert something like that once okay. i graduated my phd once i completed it they just upgraded me and put me there to be the one analyzing the data and, and give them feedbacks nice dude and i was going to ask you then phil with regards to you know i think it's great that you guys are getting and run these courses to you know promote officers and be facilitators within their own departments and stuff to get guys going as well how does it work over there with regards to logistics for the guys training? Do they have like do you guys have like a uh, like a, a main gym set up there that the guys can come in around their shifts and stuff, and that's when you offer the classes, or how do you guys get that sort of class structure set up for the guys? And this is something that, as when I said, some things have changed, something some things didn't. You know, we still have the same same gyms that we had seven years ago. They didn't open new ones they did open one at one point but i think it was closed soon after i don't know why probably officers didn't, didn't come come to exercise there uh, we would like to have more locations and our idea was was also we were pushing it to open in each big building police building or the big department uh, if they have a empty space okay let's op open something if you don't want to invest money in equipment that's totally fine uh, we can still do uh, many programs and this course for trainers is mostly based on body weight trainings and we are trying to because most of them are, are in crossfit or running and uh, they're not familiar with with body weight training they would all either go to gym crossfit or or they will just do the running and they um, each of them think their thing is the best we were trying to open their eyes and tell them i mean all three things are good and we need to do them all three but if you don't have a facility you have to to make something something different so this is what we were teaching them uh, hoping that once they go back and they most of them said look in our building we have two three empty rooms so can we do something there i mean mm -hmm. it's question for them so but i think some of them will start start and uh, this is the only issue that we we face with with the locations we would like to have more locations because then more officers obviously would, would join the location that we that is our primary location where we are based is pretty good i mean we have very good gym we have we have very good CrossFit gym, uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu gym, uh, cycling gym, cycling room. So it's pretty well designed. And we have a big uh, presentation room or almost like amphitheater, about 30, 30 seats and uh, big screens. So we can do all presentations that, that we want there. I mean, now during COVID-19, we were doing it online but before we were doing it inside. So we have pretty much everything that we need to be a good functional center. And I think for the last year, we the whole center worked, worked very well. Even uh, all managers of each section, they started collaborating uh, between themselves very well. 
uh, everything was smooth so it's good and the what we the the biggest problem for, or the biggest issue is females mm -hmm. they they don't have almost any gym we do have some locations we we train them but again we would like to have it more and they for seven years for seven years they, they struggle even if they get some location maybe that department wants to open something new inside that room so they move them out once they move them out half of them stops coming to to trainings then you need to collect them again but it, it's okay i mean we have we have some base of people who are coming constantly males and females we have females that are coming for five six years and we have guys that also that are coming for five five six years constantly with us because they they like the way how our our trainers are do, are doing we have 20 coaches from you mostly from europe some of them from arabic countries some such as jordan or morocco something like that but all of them are pretty good and as i said we have courses so we collaborate we we share the knowledge so even if they send me to some if they were sending me to some other location i would try to adapt to what the coach there was doing i wouldn't just come and act smart do everything different so i think logistically the only thing things that they could improve is different locations mm -hmm. what about um the, the fitness standards there so obviously what were they like when you first came in seven years ago and you're saying you you rewritten the, the whole physical fitness standard set up so what what's changed and what what did you implement was it like a did you drip feed in like little bits and pieces or was there a case of like you know bang we're changing standards completely from this testing date onwards this is another thing that i think they didn't do well because unfortunately it's not me who chose the test okay guys this is a good test let's do this one and these are the standards uh, because there it's high influence of military in uae so whatever they implement after a few months will come to police okay. so even physical fitness tests they do military physical fitness tests which is 3.2k running two minutes push-ups and two, two minutes sit-ups and that's it that's what they do uh, but when I came seven years ago, I liked I liked that uh, that test maybe more than this one. They had eight eight hundred meters run, fifty meters sprint, uh, one minute push up, one minute one minute sit up, and I think that's it. So for me, this was a little a bit better because at least we cover a, a bit more stuff, and we do it for the same time because running three point two takes a lot of time doing push-ups and sit-ups for two minutes takes a lot of time because you need to give them a lot of rest between, in mm -hmm. between so with shorter tests you actually get more stuff done and in a same period period of time and then they changed once military introduced this test they they brought as well i don't know if they will be changing it in the future i see that they're they're asking asking me what's happening in the world should we change but we'll, we will see hopefully they, they will they will introduce something new and at one point they were doing canadian test or p-a-r-e P -A -R -E, i think physical ability what was the name i i'm i'm not sure but from canada they brought it from from canada and that was a good test Mm -hmm. uh, the only issue with this one is that they can do it one by one so and okay. it lasts about four minutes four minutes i think for, for them the standard was about four minutes so it takes time and it, it takes it takes space I mean, you can put few stations to test more people at once but you would need huge space because it takes i think 50 by 50 meters the whole polygon to to do it so it tests everything sprint and endurance uh, push pull stand up lay down uh, carry drag everything it, it's a good test uh, but also at one point they just stop doing it and that's it okay interesting Nathan. i mean and yeah sorry about the standards uh, we i mean we did uh, we collected on one year for all officers so it was about 
few thousand results and seven to eight thousand results and then based on this we made the standards based on based on mean their mean we just try to to make something i think they at the end they took 60th percentile as a cutoff value for pass and fail so so what what happens to the guys who you know say they they fall below fitness standards you know do they get uh, yanked off of duty and then get on like probation sort of stuff or how does it work over there for them i think they just count it like they cannot get promoted or it takes some consequences but they they don't get punished because of it to some higher degree and as i said i, I think in normal time not the covid time they had some pre-test and main tests so mm -hmm. they could come try see where they are go train and come back which i think it was a good idea i mean it's more more job for us but i think it's a good idea to okay you have a chance to try to see where you are and then next time that's it you have you pass or fail yeah. which, which is kind of okay because at least it will push them to be physically active now, you've already mentioned a few things you've had to overcome since taking on the post there, Phil, but what would you say the biggest, uh, you know, challenges you faced since taking up this role, you know, seven years ago? You mentioned a little bit about getting, like, some of the tests that you want across the across the uh, the door and stuff, you know, and getting them implemented as well as, you know, getting some of your research implemented as well. So other than them, what would you say the biggest challenges you faced starting into this role? Uh, I don't know. The biggest challenge was one, uh, I think, British journalist that wanted to publish something in newspaper here that I published on Abu Dhabi police data. And one of the things was the obesity rate. And then he, he took this number out of the paper, even though the paper wasn't about it. And this was a little bit a struggle to, because they called me from police. I, because I think the national world, they, they had to inform them what they want to publish. So when they called them, they called me to ask me what, what is this about. At the end, they stopped it. It wasn't published, uh, even though I don't, I don't see the problem in publishing that kind of stuff in newspaper, but still, it's okay. Um, that was one of the biggest struggles. And I don't know, everything, the biggest struggle here is when you have a lot of ideas that you want to implement and you just can't and uh, you talk to a wall, you feel like like you talk to a wall and some of the times they understand and mm -hmm. but they just tell you i mean that's okay but we cannot push it further and uh, you you stand you stand in one spot and and i mean even now for example they don't know that i'm doing a interview for pod, podcast because they don't comprehend how much I published with different police. They, they had no I gave them all, all reports and I showed it, showed it to them. But as long as it's not part of their job or requirement, if they, if they didn't get any requirement from above to do something, I mean, they're not interested. In it. It's okay. just more job for them and why would they do it? And again, I understand. It's saying like your neighbor wants to push you to do something that you don't need to do and right. it's your goodwill if you want or not to, to, to go further to go through with it uh, the only good thing that uh, I see is that they pretty much let, let us uh, at least analyze what we want and uh, write it down and I think they uh, because they opened research section this year now it's the end of the year they already asked me okay what what research we did because they need to send reports to to hr and if they don't have anything then they will just close the section because it's they are spending money and if there's nothing to be done then yeah. so it's a good thing that now finally they will see everything that uh, that was done and uh, i think they will get some cre credit for it and once they get cre credit for it then they let you do they open the doors a little bit more so these are the steps <clears throat> and i think this is with all police i, I remember listening jay does on one uh, webinar when he was the same he was facing the same problems depending on which police you go if they are open and 
willing to accept you. They tell you, do whatever you want to do. You have open hands and you can do, do it easily. Mm -hmm. Or you go to some places, you try to explain and they tell you, look, we understand, but I mean, we, we just don't care. We don't want to do it and do what we tell you to do. So it's a closed system that we need to, to understand, especially we, we as uh, someone who is not from the police. We are not the ones who went through police school and we understand the procedures and we accept it. We came from faculty of sport. Mm -hmm. And we like to use the, the newest things in, in strength and conditioning. And they just tell you, look, kid, it's good that you know it. It's good for you, but I mean, we don't need it. And this is the biggest struggle, I think, that, that, that I face. I mean, sometimes you just feel like you're staying, <coughs> sorry, staying in one spot instead of progressing further. Yeah, it's challenging, mate, some of those things and just trying to overcome them bit by bit if you can. I was going to ask with regards to your section and stuff like that, the guys you've got on the ground right now from the, the physical performance side of things like yourself, you know, with a background in strength conditioning, is there anyone else in the department, you know, from another performance provider? So do you have any physiotherapists in the department? Do you have any nutritionists in the department or psychology as well to help the guys at all? Or is that more for say, maybe a specialist unit or something within the, the, the force? Uh, physiotherapists we have. We have uh, actually, we had two guys from Thailand doing Thai massage and different kinds of massage from, mostly from, from the East. And now the one guy left and they brought a new one, all, all, also Asian, and they're pretty good. I mean, I tried, I went to them a few times. If I had some pain in my back or something, <laughs> and they are pretty good and all officers are free to come and but a single thing they don't use the opportunity enough some some days they have the full shift without even doing one massage uh, so i think officers should use it more and mostly officers from our department use it because they know it they know that it exists uh, i think this is one of the logistic or PR issues that our officers do not promote our department enough. We, we should do it more. We suggested opening Instagram page or something like that. So everybody can, can see it, but due to some security reasons, they said like, no, we cannot because uh, I don't know, they, they don't want to, so, to show faces of officers and locations. It's okay. I mean, it's their stuff, security yeah. stuff. So they said, you cannot open it. <coughs> and that's it. And nutrition, we don't have any nutritionist here. And psychologist also. In, in our center, we, we don't have. Okay. We should. At least nutritionist, we should. But also psychologist. But I think med medical center, uh, they have some of the, these things. We also developed few weight loss courses. So we have officers who were overweight or obese by percentage of body fat. They came to us for four to eight weeks, depending on how much we were allowed from our, again, superior officers. And then we introduced them nutrition. We, we even brought, what was the, the name of some clinic? Uh, First, we, we brought the clinic, then sec, sec, after the first time we, we brought college, people from, from some nutrition college to, to do the nutrition stuff. Mm -hmm. Because next to training, we, every Thursday we were giving them lectures about health, exercise, nutrition, and nutrition mostly based, we were talking about how to cook, what to cook, depending on the region that they live in. It's easy to read something that US or Great Britain using, is using and tell them if they don't have access to it or, or, or if it doesn't fit into their culture, it's just pointless. So we were trying to wrap it up in their culture and everything. And it, it went well. I mean, more than two, about 200 officers lost at least 10 kilograms during this period and most of them learned at least something you know and again we wanted them to talk to their 
colleagues from their departments. Once you go back, at least you have some information that we exist. If you need something, come to us. And Imperial, yeah, Imperial College was doing afterward. They were doing nutritional nutritional part. They they would come and present them talk about nutrition and then if some of them wants to wants a plan a nutrition plan or something with them they they go to them and ask them but we unfortunately we didn't have our nutritionist in the center mm -hmm. well, that's cool Phil and it's been it's interesting to hear just about obviously you know your department and how things are running like how things have developed over there as well one thing I really wanted to chat to you about is just a lot of the research you've put out currently across, you know, multiple departments. Um, you've seen what you said about in the US, and Serbia and stuff. Um, and I know from reading a lot of your research, you focus quite a bit on uh, body composition, you know, within police officers. So why, why, where was the interest within that? You know, why, why did you get into that a little bit more than anything else? Yeah, I mean, to be 100% to be honest, uh, interest came because that was available to analyze yeah uh, i never thought i would do body composition research when i was on my bachelor and master's degree if somebody asked me do you want to do phd on body composition of police i would say no i don't know probably i would say no but then i i ended up in abu dhabi with police and the first data that i had was body composition and that's how I started analyzing it. And uh, my mentor, I mean, he was my professor and I knew that he's doing body composition research in Serbia. <coughs> and I started talking to him and then he told me, if you want to do PhD, there, there, these are the gaps. If you think you can manage to, to fill some of them, that could be your PhD. And that's mm -hmm. how I started doing Body, composi body composition bit by bit and uh, then I fall in, fall in love actually yeah. now I, I really like doing, doing some of these any of these of this stuff uh, and currently we are doing still I mean after five years we covered m most of the things we already covered so even if I don't do body composition anymore it's not a big deal because there's nothing much to to be done for police uh, regarding body composition in scientific terms i mean science is far 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 in front we we need to catch but regarding police most of the things we we covered and i don't know well now what we want to do now is because i i made these all these connections and most of them also uh, deal with body composition so i want to try and collect as much as we can countries data from different countries and first to show that bmi isn't actually a good measure of uh, of obesity mm -hmm. uh, that we need a measure like percentage of body fat and that we should introduce some of the i don't know methods that they that, that can do it quickly in the field and accurately accept uh, acceptably accurately so mm -hmm. bia is one of the methods that we can use uh, it's not too expensive it can some some models can be very quick so if you have two or three on the in the field in one hour you can collect one to one or two hundred people and that, that that's something that that's worth of thinking of because otherwise for agency it doesn't pay off and that's yeah. something that i understand i mean uh, the struggle with uh, publishing body composition in police is always that they ask you why you didn't use dexa and, uh, reviewers will, would ask you you should use dexa i mean give me dexa i will use it i don't mind <laughs> but again and then even if you give it to me i don't have time to to test 500 people on dexa we need something quick mm -hmm. If we can collect in one now, in the beginning of this year, before the COVID came to Abu Dhabi, I was in, on the field with the testing team. I was bringing a BIA machine and collecting, and it was the BIA in body 720, which is pretty slow. It's old and pretty slow. It takes about one minute per person to collect, 
and still in two months I collected 200, 250 people. Easy with uh, with physical ability tests. So you can now you can connect a bit more stuff, and because it takes about a minute, if you give them some questionnaires that take about a minute or two, you can collect a lot of data in two three hours that you, that can be useful for for the agency. So I think this is something that is worth thinking of for agencies, even though still they don't really consider, I think, introducing it. If they have medical part, medical department, most of them have already DEXA or BIA, mm -hmm. but like uh, police station stations, they don't. Even though I think it would be useful for the station as well, because it's uh, how I called it in my PhD was like a pre-screening tool. Uh, after BIA or body composition analysis, you can already guess if somebody can pass the test or not. Yeah. And you would be pretty accurate. I mean, you would miss for a low number of people. Uh, and if you move cut off to 30% body fat, I mean, you are almost 100% accurate that somebody will not pass the test. And uh, the problem that we sometimes face here is that medical center let them give them like a, a fit for for the test so they are healthy to do the test so they come with 30% fat and they need to run uh, 3.2k on 55 degrees yeah and 70% humidity so i mean if you ask me i wouldn't i wouldn't even allow them to come there lose some weight and then come it's it's no problem so <laughs> I think as a pre-screening tool, it's a, it's a great thing to, to be used. Definitely, definitely. And I, I obviously I agree, you know, obviously DEXA is, is great as a gold standard for, you know, uh, test and body composition. But like you say, the logistics of running food with 500 odd applicants, I used to say that about like the BMI thing. I, I agree with you wholeheartedly on BMI, like uh, it gets used a lot within like the, the military and the police and stuff here as well. I was like, well, it's not accurate. You know, why wouldn't you just, you know, skin full caliper someone, you know, and do your uh, Isaac measurements like that? But once again, it's a, it's a time constraint on that as well. You know, to do yeah. one measurement of someone, it's going to take you even restricted, maybe 20 minutes or something, you could blast through it. It's, you've got someone who's trained, but it's just like, right, how do you get through a large cohort of people very quickly, you know, and get a rough idea of where they're at? So yeah, it's just... Yeah. It's, it's tough when you got that from the, the research paper saying, oh, no, we want this. It's like, yeah, it's nice, you know, from a clinical standpoint, but reality-wise, you'd never be able to implement it to that extent. Yeah. And in practice, it makes no difference whether you use DEXA or, or BIA. If you use a good BIA machine, I mean, you don't need to use the one that's 20 or $50, the one that only have in hands yeah. uh, electrodes. I mean, don't waste your money on this one. But if you buy something reasonably accurate it makes no difference if you use dexa because many studies even on in clinical tri trials show that bia is valid compared to dexa it's it has con construct validity so why why would I, why would you spend more money on uh, in the police when you will get the, almost the same thing as you would get with DEXA, and you don't want to predict whether they have some heart condition, heart condition disease, or something. You are just you just want to see if their body is able to do the test. So yeah. just just uh, I mean, take something roughly. It's not roughly, as we said, it's pretty accurate. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. now I I was reviewing one paper they did. Uh, I think four different conditions like uh, they gave participants to drink water and do the BIA and then, then they had them next day dehydrated and then with the blader full, blader, blader empty. And they got almost the same results. There's no significant difference between these measurements. So even if, if uh, females are in the menstrual cycle, uh, you may be inaccurate for one or two percent but if somebody is 25 percent body fat if they are 24 i mean so what it's still too much and so i don't i don't understand this why 
I mean, I, I don't understand the viewers why they push so much for, for DEXA. I mean, clinically, we can say, okay, maybe it's more better, but I mean, practically, it makes, to me, it makes no difference in, to use it in police and military. Definitely, but definitely agree with you wholeheartedly on that. I was going to ask you, with regards to your research then, what would you say the, the biggest findings you've discovered so far with regards to the body composition stuff? I mean, notably, I'd probably off the top of my head say it's something like, you know, big differences between recruits coming in, you know, for your academy to guys who are probably more seasoned, you know, officers who've been in for 10, 15, 20 years and that as well. Is there a huge disparity we're seeing in body composition changes over those time periods or what's your research uh, finding? Yes, uh, there are huge differences actually. As soon as uh, cadets finish the academy, if you measure it, even one year after, you will see that they gain some body fat. And if you measure them 10 years in service, it's already 5 to 10 kilograms up some, someone even more. I mean, of course, there are many factors that affect this. They get married, get children, life happens, you know. So sometimes you just don't have time to. Uh, cook healthy, do exercise and everything. And that's why I think agencies should be the ones providing at least some time to deal with this. So, okay, at least give me time, 30 minutes of my shift to spend in exercise or one hour. Uh, I think that will, that, that, that will help a lot. And maybe some, some agencies maybe do it, but most of them don't. Uh, in Serbia, I know that uh, for specialized units, they do have exercise they have gyms and everything and it's mandatory for them to be in training but all other officers it's not mandatory for them and i think this this would help them a lot because i like to think of it like I, uh, it's 21 hours during the, the development of of humans we had to hunt for or gather the food so we had to be physically active to get the food now we, we don't uh, so okay let's we need to do the job to get the food Okay, at our job, give us some time to exercise because we don't have time. Once we get home, we have families. We don't have time to go to gyms or we don't have money. Somebody just cannot afford it. So if agency can, can provide it, that would be amazing. With the food as well, if agency could provide them some kind of eating guides, that would be amazing. And... And, and this is not uh, the major finding. This is something that was expected, but it's good to show them how big the difference is. It's not a small difference. It's almost a kilogram per year of service that they gain, which is a lot. Uh, now what we found in our one of the latest papers, we compared the body composition of officers from different specialties. So general police, uh, uh, riot control, uh, special forces and I think four or five different uh, different ones and we found that those who were physically active about 300 minutes per week or more had the same body composition no matter what unit they belonged so and this is a clear example of what I'm saying the agency should help uh, getting to these 300 minutes it's not much it's not mm -hmm. 300 minutes is not a lot i mean when you divide it by days it's easily attainable they, they can get it but still uh, i think there's still time to come so so officers get this this time because and their job is stressful depending on the country more or less but most of them do do report high stress levels and now we did a study on lebanon police regarding uh, operational stress and uh, we collected the same data data on uh, serbian police and the russian police so we will try to gather gather it all to see if some of these things that we talk about is it true even though it's not my field i want to know it because then i can handle my things my things better and this is what we are focusing on okay let's see how body composition and perception of health is connected and it's pretty connected so even office whoever see their their body know know approximately something about their health and it's it's pretty valid 
it's it's pretty valid. So we want to see if we can make officers more aware of their health if they have a BIA machine in their police department and if they can do the measurement anytime they want. So I mean, you can do it once a week or you can do it once in three in, in two months. It's up to you. I mean, it, it doesn't make sense to make it often, as often as every week, but to check yourself once in a while is good because immediately you can see whether you are going up or down and what, what's the structure of your body. And you can react on time. And probably it would even uh, raise awareness about health. You know, they could, they could know more clearly because we did now also study on perception of physical fitness and we measured physical fitness. So let's see how these two spaces are connected. And the connection isn't great, but it exists. Now, what I want to see longitudinally, and I think we will try to do it, is to do uh, perceive the physical fitness, then to train them and test them frequently. So they, they know exactly what their level is, whether it's low, intermediate, high, very high, or something. And they know it exactly because we measured it. And to see after a month or, or a two, this gap will, will be lower or correlation will be higher. Mm -hmm. uh, and this is something that we want to see. Okay, let's see if we can make officers more aware of their status. So as soon as they feel it, their status is going down to, I don't know. I think this is the first step to behavioral change that's mandatory. Without behavioral change, we can do whatever we want. Uh, and the academy is, or, or poli police academy is the clear example of this. As long as they're in, in the academy, their, their fitness level is going up or stays the same. Once you stop, like you did nothing. After one year, they're back where they were. Because when you drill them, it's okay. You will have some results, but you want them to drill themselves after the academy. And yeah. this is what we are focusing on to try and, uh, in, especially in Serbia with the guys, we are trying to develop curricula for physical education that would teach office, teach cadets how to do exercise once they leave the academy and the importance of that. So we think this is something that could be sustainable. Of course, still you will have some that will do it, some that will not, <laughs> but I think it will, uh, by time, at least it will increase awareness of, of health. And it makes public health better, occupational health, and through this, even public health is getting better because even when they get home to their families, they will know some things. So if they want to cook, they will know that they shouldn't cook in deep fried something. And maybe we can tell them even what's the substitute I and mean, how to do some, some food some food healthy and what exercise is uh, safe, what's not safe, what's not safe, because sometimes it's not about what's good or not good. Uh, they need to do it safely as well. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think this is the biggest uh, thing that we want to show from our perspective, of course, from the perspective of police, they have more important things to, to take care of. If, we want to be safe and secure. Police needs to take, take, take care about safety and security. And of course, research would go in different direction. But from, from our perspective, we want to try and find what's good and to try to implement it with police in, in talks with them, how to implement it in, in the police structure or through policies or rewards, punishments, I don't know, whatever works best. Nice dude, nice man. And I mean, you mentioned there a little bit about obviously the impact of you know psychological stress on body composition and like you know trying to elicit behavioral change within the guys, you know, for longer term health and more of a public health sort of stance on things as well. So obviously, you've done a lot of research into the body composition stuff. You know, where does your research interest, or where do you see research going for like you know the police uh, officer in the next five to ten years? You know, what will be the key sort of areas we're looking at? That's a tough question because it depends on mostly on, on researchers who are not from police. 
it, it would be better if we ask this question to somebody who runs police agency. I don't know, maybe def defining some cutoffs already are defined. I mean, we know what are the cutoffs for body fat percentage to be healthy. What my interest is even more than body fat is skeletal muscles. And that's my biggest interest actually, mm -hmm. uh, because it's, you don't need to be genius to know that if you are fat and obese, that you will, you will perform lower. Or if you have BMI of uh, 27.5, but you have a low, low percentage, percentage of fat, it's actually because you have muscles there. And that's pretty fine. Even though we found that people who are muscular but have BMI over 30, they also perform lower. Because still muscles are heavy and mm -hmm. ask for a lot, lot of oxygen so they cannot perform especially longer 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 things but what is important for me also is those who have bmi of 22 23 but have a high percentage of body fat and this means that they have very low mass muscle mass which is more dangerous than being obese with good muscular mass well-developed muscular mass and uh, this is what bmi doesn't detect and i think <clears throat> bi bia or any other <clears throat> somebody will think that i advocate for bia i don't any method that will measure body composition accurately will do i don't mind but bia for now is the easiest one that I, i've been using it and it provides uh, muscular mass even protein mass some of them Mm -hmm. uh, and I think this is what what's even more important because as as I can notice, uh, younger people now are less muscularly developed than young people before, and these are the people who enter police now, next to those who are obese. But for obese, it's enough just to uh, lose the weight, lo lose body fats, and they will have good muscular muscular mass. But for those who don't, do not have well-developed muscles, they need to do it, which is harder than to lose the weight. And uh, this is what good, good measurement technique or tool can, can provide. And I think this is why this is the, in the future will be more important because then we can know what kind of training these people can do. Uh, we face, I face here a lot of guys who come for the test they pass running easy and they pass it very well, but they don't pass push-ups and sit-ups. And when I see them and do body composition, I almost can know exactly who are the guys who will not pass mm -hmm. uh, push-ups and sit-ups. So this is something I think that we should be thinking of. And knowing that many police officers have occupational loads that are five and more kilograms, depending on what they do, uh, muscular mass is actually getting even more important because they need to carry something that they don't carry nat naturally and that hinders their performance. Uh, and we saw that those who are stronger or have better muscular mass are affected less than those who, who, who have lower muscular mass. So this is what, what's important for me more than just focusing on whether somebody is obese or not. Obesity, we can we can solve. It's not easy. Uh, if we can solve it easily, it would be solved al already. But we can. It can be handled easier than building muscles. Definitely, definitely not. And thanks for that. So I mean, that's I agree with you wholeheartedly there as well. Just you know, having that uh, that muscle mass and that strength to support yourself as well. You know, for the job itself, also the operational load you carry in there. You say five, ten kilos of kit from your belt to your vest on as well so i think it's a, it's a very important element to be looked into as well and how that impacts on their job performance now bill i ask everyone who comes on the show just what they're engaging in for their own development as well so on that mate could you just give us a book an app or a website recommendation that you've personally you know found useful for your own education or your own development uh, i think regarding the book uh, nsca is book is uh, very good and uh, American College of Sports Medicine is also a good one. And these, these are the two books 
I have with me because they have pretty much everything that one coach need on the field because they have tables with uh, standards, procedures. So if you want to think of something, you just find it and, and use it from there. Uh, for, for me, these are practical books that, that are easy, easy to, to read and, and to understand. And the uh, website, uh, what's the name? Uh, Mladen Jovanovic. Okay, yeah, I know Mladen's one. Um, oh. uh, for coaches, I think the, he's, he's, a great, he's great. I mean, he, he puts a lot of effort and he, he does everything pretty good. I mean, I know people who know him directly. I don't know him directly. I did have some conversation through email because I was asking him about some, some of his books and about push push system for uh, speed of the movement and mm -hmm. because I know he was using it so I asked him if it's valid reliable I, I was thinking of buying it here this is the only communication that I had with him but um, I do uh, go to his web website sometimes and also it's practical whatever you need for the field it's it's there Good resources, mate, and I'll make sure I'll stick them in our uh, show notes. Um, Phil, obviously, it's been an absolute pleasure to sit down and chat with you, mate. Um, really good insight into the work you're doing over there in Abu Dhabi, as well as like the, the broader remit of your research into police fitness. Um, anyone who's listening to this who wants to reach out, you know, either to pick your brain on some of the research you're doing or, you know, to collaborate or just find out a bit more, you know, how can they do that? Uh, they can do it through email, Facebook, or Insta Instagram, or LinkedIn. And these are the things I, I'm using mostly. Instagram, the least. Sometimes I deleted it from the phone. So if I don't reply for some time, it means I don't have it in my phone. And then after two or three weeks, I just take it to see if, some, if anything is happening. But uh, Facebook Messenger, email, and LinkedIn, it's always on. So, And I think they can just find me. Facebook and LinkedIn, Philip KUKIC, and uh, email filip.kukicgmail.com. Perfect. No worries. First name, last name, and that's it. it it's easy. That's cool. Thanks a lot for that, Phil. I'll stick them in our show notes as well so everyone can get in touch quickly and easily as well, mate. Phil, once again, mate, thank you very much for taking the time uh, out. Thank for you very much for, for having me. It was a pleasure talking to you and hope to catch up. Some other time. Definitely, mate. Definitely. But okay. Speak to you soon, buddy. Take care. Take care. Bye. Bye. Hi, guys. Really hope you enjoyed this week's episode of the Monarchy and Performance Podcast. I just wanted to say thank you for your continued support to the show. We're slowly growing each week and getting more and more downloads, which is truly incredible for such a niche specific podcast. The continued support in us can ask you to do me a simple favor. First of all, Subscribe to this podcast on whatever platform you're using so you can receive each new episode as soon as it's released. Secondly, if you found something educational, if it made you see a different perspective, or if you took something away from this podcast that made you better, please leave us a review as it means a lot to me, and please share the show. This will help us to grow the show and really get this information out to a lot more people.